Every preacher, when they begin to work up a sermon, they're working through it and they're thinking what the end goal is. Uh, For most preachers, we're thinking about, for those that don't know Jesus, how can I get them in the water? Today is a good day. God God might bring the water to us. Uh, Realize it's not full immersion, I get that, but uh, you know, hey, uh, we are glad that you're here and uh, we are thankful for your presence. I was thinking about, I was talking to some of you who've seen Lawson Hightower roaming around. He's getting some video of this event because this is this is kind of an this is a very historical thing. We're gonna all of us who are here and all of us who are watching, you know, when this all passes, and it will, we're gonna say, remember when? Remember 2020? And remember this moment? Remember meeting out in the parking lot? Remember how we did that? We brought our own chairs and we remember doing that? We're, and this is gonna be one of those historical milestone moments that we look back on and say, remember when. The opportunity to tell our children and our children's children about a time like this, when the church was committed to being together, inside, outside, online, (laughs) we were committed to doing that. And as I was talking with Lawson, who was taking video of this event, as, you know, the first week it was really bright, and next week it's a little windy, and today is a little, it's just almost perfect shooting conditions, obviously the wind notwithstanding. But what makes it perfect has nothing to do with the weather. It has everything to do with the Spirit. And as I was thinking about what it looks like today, thinking today's kind of dark. For a guy like me with dark eyes, I really like today. Uh, last week, after the sermon, Christy's like, you're going to have to do sunglasses. You're just too squinty up there. And that's because you know, my eyes are dark, and so when it gets bright out, I tend to go like this. And the day like today is just perfect. I was thinking about it's perfect because it's kind of overcast. It's kind of dark. We live in a dark world. And I don't just mean about the, the level of light in this parking lot. We live in a dark world, don't we? We scroll social media, we check the news app, we watch television, and we see a lot of darkness. And it's easy to say, oh man, look at the shape the world's in. And it is, it's in bad shape. And now more than ever, we should be praying for our president, we should be praying for our leaders, we should be praying for our, our governor, we should be praying for uh, all those making decisions, that they do so with great wisdom. And that the Spirit leads them as He leads us. We need those men and women in leadership right now, more than ever. But the world has always been a dark place. It started out dark. In fact, Genesis chapter 1 describes the world in this way. This is before anything that we know of the world. Verse 2 of Genesis 1 says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovering over the face of the waters. I can't imagine a formless and void world. I can't imagine a completely dark, nothing that we know being in existence. 
The world's always been dark. It started dark. And on a spiritual level, the enemy's trying to keep it dark. He wants darkness. This is why in verse 3, as we enter the story of the Word, the very first thing that we hear from God is, are these words, and, and, and say them with me, if you know the very first words from God recorded in the Word. Let there be he is God's nature. God, God, the scripture later tells us his nature is light. He can be nothing other than light. And so when he enters the cre- creation, he brings light. Here's the problem then, is not really the darkness. Certainly it's not the light. The problem is this. Men, human beings, love darkness more than light. The Apostle John writes these words in John 3. This is the verdict. This is verse 19. Light has come into the world. I was speaking there of the incarnation of Christ. But, men love darkness instead of light, because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light, and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. When you, when you see the darkness in the world, when you see cities being burned to the ground, it's because men love darkness rather than light. When you see hatred and police officers just being shot for no reason, it's because men love darkness rather than light. When you see the sexualization of children, it's because men love darkness rather than light. When you see corruption at the highest levels of leadership, it's because men love darkness rather than light. So we have to make sure we do some things to avoid this trap, avoid this problem. Okay? I'm going to give you four things and maybe three, depending on how much more rain comes down. (laughs) Number one, we got to flee the darkness. Turn to 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. 1 John 1, 5 through 7. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Darkness is bad within the world, but it's even worse when the darkness is within you. Darkness gets bad outside in the world, but it's worse when it gets within you. You think about, um, I know this is hard to imagine right now, but imagine a boat in the middle of an ocean. That boat is completely safe so long as the water doesn't get inside. It's when the water gets inside that it poses the greatest threat. Darkness on the outside is not as much of a threat as when darkness comes on the inside. A couple of days ago, I had to cancel our Netflix. And we've been subscribing to Netflix for a long time, but Netflix has kind of been going the way of the darkness And they finally developed a show that sexualized 11-year-old girls. And I said, I can't. 
I can't do that. I can't love darkness rather than light. So we got to seek, we got to do the second thing, and that's seek the light. If we're honest, you and I have all had moments when we've let the darkness in. We've all have the need for the, not the internal light from us, not the external light of good works, but the eternal light of Jesus. Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John chapter 12, verse 46, four chapters over, he says, I have come into the world as light, so that whoever may believe in me will not remain in darkness. Jesus will not force you out of the darkness. You've got to choose to come to the light. But if you are seeking the light, you will find it, and you will find it with Him alone. So may we not only flee from darkness and every appearance of it, but may we also seek the light. The third thing after we seek the light is that we have to let our light shine. You think about the storm comes through and the power goes out, the first thing you're seeking is a light, like one of these flashlights like I've got here. And, you know, (laughs) can you imagine if you sought that flashlight, the house is all dark, and you find the flashlight and you hit the button, this, this illustration worked perfectly because literally the batteries are dead in this flashlight. <laughs> Becomes a pointless instrument, doesn't it? Without the light. What's the point of seeking the light if the light isn't there to shine? May we understand that for our own lives. Light is there to illuminate the darkness. What, why seek the light if you're not willing to let it shine in your lives? Jesus said this, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand that it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. You see, light is most needed when the world is at its darkest. When times are at their darkest, That is when light is needed the most. And we are called to be people of the light. And so may we not now more than ever cower down in fear. If you cower down in fear and hide your light, you are doing the exact opposite. It's like me picking up a flashlight whose batteries don't work. When I need it the most, that's when I need the light. Now more than ever... Our dark world needs to see the light of Jesus. Do not ever cower in fear and hide your light and bury it and just, well, when you know, and everything gets okay, then we'll shine our light a little bit. That's not the point. When the power comes back on, nobody's looking for the light. But when the world gets dark, when the world seems like it can't get any worse, what are people seeking? The light. May you and I remember that we are called to shine. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse six, God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. 
Perhaps God created you and I and the Northside congregation for such a time as this. That we might let our light shine when the world is at its darkness. So may we shine in all that we do. Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, For you at one time were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. From 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness, so then let us not sleep as others do. Let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober. Let us put on the breastplate of faith and love for a helmet of the hope of of salvation. Now listen, when you shine the light of Christ, you may not always be liked. You may not always be appreciated, and you certainly will not always be understood. That's okay. Neither was Jesus. But He's shown anyway. And He calls us to as well. So may we share our light freely. May we flee from darkness. May we seek the light. May we let our light shine so brightly in a world that's so dark. And may, lastly, may we share the light freely. Light is meant to be shared. A candle loses nothing by lighting another candle. Maybe you're called to light up your family or your neighborhood or your social media followers. In some way, you are called to be a light. This is what Peter says. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. A people for his own possession. Why? Just so you can be special? Nah. What does he say? That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The darkness can make you bitter or the darkness can make you better because you decide you're going to let your light shine. It shouldn't take the darkness to do that, but in the moments of darkness, we have an opportunity where we get to decide, first and foremost, who we're going to be. Are we going to do it just when it's easy? Are we going to shine the light when everything's going well and people are generally happy and content and satisfied and the world's all at peace? Are we going to shine our light even in the darkest moments? I contend to you that it's in the darkest moments where the light is needed the most. So may we let our light shine freely. May we share it freely. May we declare that there is light and that people can come out of darkness into the light and may we be willing to share that with everyone we know and see. I I love this story. It came across the prayer tree on September 7th. It was this. From Mike Peters. Our mailman's daughter, 12 years old, has cancer and has been undergoing treatment in New York for her cancer for a long time. The last trip showed a new spot on her spine, and they have a teleconference Tuesday to determine further options and treatment. Now, do I like that? No, I don't like that part of it. That that part breaks my heart. 
But here's the part of the story that I do love. In a very dark moment, we prayed Saturday at the mailbox. And he said he would appreciate our prayer warriors lifting her up. Also pray for him and his family since he was really down by the latest news. In a moment of darkness, a mailman went to a home of Mike and Jane Peters just to deliver a a letter. But what he received that day was light. And I love this picture that in a dark world, in in a world where a man's heart and life is crumbling down, two men by a mailbox praying to the Father of lights to bring light into a dark situation. Praise God for that. That's the kind of people we're called to be. Mike, wonderful example. I know you didn't share that for me to to brag on you, but I use that as a positive example for all of us. We all have mailmen in our lives. We all have people in our lives that need the light. And if you're so focused on the darkness all about you, you'll never remember the opportunities to share the light that's within you. The world is dark. It's always been dark. It's always going to be dark. But Jesus did something about that. He brought the light and He put it within us that we might let it shine, that we might share it at every opportunity. And I love that we're all together, but that's not where the light does the most good. May we not forget that. May we, may we re- remember that we are called to shine the light in places of darkness. Pray with me. Oh, Father, may we, may we shine with courage and with boldness the light of Your Son within us. And give, give our hearts burdens this week, Father. They give us opportunities to share and to shine the light of Jesus in a world that forevermore needs it. May we not forget the light is within Him. May we seek Him with all of our hearts and may we share Him with just as much passion. We pray this in the name of the light. And all who agree say.